Warning, the following audio may contain content inappropriate for a younger audience. Also, spoilers will be included for the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. You have been warned. And welcome to A Feast for Bros, arguably the nerdiest podcast on the internet, and thus the best, because that logically follows. I mean, I think at this point, when we were talking about Warcraft the other day, and we likened it to like less nerdier concepts to try to like to bridge the gap to the level of nerd that we'd reach, I realized that all our associated podcasts were just on a different level of like nerdgasm-esque. <laughs> like, it's pretty bad at this point. <laughs> Oh yeah, yep. And, and given all the fan theories that we haven't discussed today, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> so today we'll be discussing the eighth episode of season six, which is No One. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Salis, and I'm actually here moderating this podcast on my birthday. That is my level of happy birthday. birthday! <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, thanks, yeah. guys. I digitally transfer my scotch over to you. Mm. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and introduce everyone on the cast. We've got uh, Jack Newman. What's up, guys? How you doing? That's all I got. Ben Hallward. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm moving soon, so i got to drink the rest of my opened Lagavulin 18, which makes me sad. What, you have so Lagavulin oh, 18? No. You, like, oh, man. upper white mm-hmm. crust son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. I'm the worst. That's that's a good, good choice, sir. Thank <laughs> you. Choice. It is Thank really you. good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're they're Lagavulin. By the way, it's not sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> I hope they do. I want free. Woodford Reserve, however, is Woodford Reserve for the good times in life. Sponsoring, not sponsoring, a feast for bros. <laughs> Look, you can have your favorite booze, and I can have mine. No, 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 <laughs> we can try to see my favorite one. booze, but I have to say because they're sponsoring, not sponsoring us. Woodford Reserve is okay. in no way affiliated with. A feast for bros. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad we put that in there because I'm sitting for the bar right now, and that's arguably a tort. Does <laughs> everything that I say on this podcast is like a joke, like make you cringe internally at this point? You're like, oh my god, Jack is just so fucking illegal at this point. <laughs> it does. It does. Quick, play copyright right. music. <laughs> we should do like a. We gotta introduce everybody right, else, right. guys. We've got uh, we got Sarah Becker. Howdy. <laughs> And Trevor Flynn. Hi, everybody. You are the only lesbian that says howdy. I love you so fucking much. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's true. No, you're the only some, lesbian some I know that lesbians. says howdy. Like, I'm just saying, like, I love, it makes me, it, it, there's like a little bit of it that just like gives me faith in the future of humanity, Sarah. Just chill for a minute. Aww. <laughs> it's like, there's lesbians you, in the Jack. South. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to business. So, given that this episode is called No One, it seems uh, prudent to start with Arya's storyline. So, if Jack, if you want to introduce us to what went on there. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, again, Arya finally completes her boss fight this season to her, I think, I think like, what is it, like two and a half seasons worth of training montage? Yeah, she gotta level those XP. It's, it's like, yeah. man, she's she's like over leveled at this point. I think I think the whole idea moving forward is she's just going back to Westeros and is just gonna like show up and and just uh, I don't know, like kill a bunch of people and be like, I over leveled like shit. But the whole point is <laughs> through this show, she just goes and she like she just goes off and she's being chased around. She got stabbed last episode and people were going like, how do you take a gut shot like that? But she seems fine. <laughs> she gets rescued. Yeah. By, like, she's totally yeah, Sean, fine. Sean won the if bet on that If she was a lesbian, she'd be out. But I don't think she is. Therefore, she lives. Wait, what about a lesbian? <laughs> she was saying if she was gay, she would have been dead. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, I, um, Case in point, Sarah. Totally call right. that, by the way. Lady yeah. Crane was totally going to nurse her back to health. But... I'm surprised the waif ended up like Lady Crave saved her. That was a good bet. But then it like the waif went went ahead and killed Lady Crane. So that was a terrible. Also, it was a brutal way for her to kill her. She's got like a knife there. Uh, sorry about that. It's like like mm-hmm. it was a brutal way for her to kill. Her. She's got like a knife, and she's just like, I'm gonna bend this woman over backwards and break her neck. Like, it's just like yeah. it was. It was another. Yeah. Classic. Well, I think she was proving a 
a point. Yeah, no, 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 not no, only no. did I mean, you not save this person, but I'm gonna kill you too. Yeah, like, Jock and Hagar was out. making made a like that. The whole point of him saying "kill her quickly" was the point that this girl went off and like killed people as viscerally and as openly as possible. So like. As a faceless assassin, Waif was not really that great. <laughs> like she was just like no. she's pretty murder no. happy. Like as far as things went, um, she was so gleeful when she was chasing Arya down. I know, she was really enjoying it, and I think that's the thing is we got we got a really like a, we've got a really shitty Jason Bourne montage <laughs> through through the streets, complete with apple cart. Like they actually <laughs> she went through a fruit stand. I know. Like wow, I was like, there was an they found a way apple cart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I mean, I thought it was. It was okay. It wasn't the best moment in the series. And I think after, I think the issue is like for me, like as a person, like I understand like wanting to have her have a low moment before she finds her power and do that sort of thing. But at the same time, like I'm like, this has been two seasons, guys. Like yeah. I can't accept everything that's sort of happened up to this point and not be ready to move on to new stuff. So I think that's the issue. Is like. Is like I'm just like yeah she's she's had low points she was blind she was all this stuff just move the fuck on and move her story along along I'm ready for Arya to be empowered and start killing a bunch of people which they do at the me end of the too. episode which it kind of pisses me off and this is going to be a theme of this episode is that everything happens the fuck off screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I think this one it's weird I think ninety percent of it I do agree I dislike the setup I do like the ending but again I think it's it's tough because you kind of lux into being better than the waif. I think if you really want to do this, you have to show her continuously being better than the waif. And again, I know it's fan theory, but show her having faked her injuries. That would be so much better if she like, oh, I'm injured and you're catching me, and then gets there and throws a bag of blood but, on the thing. No, and, like, I agree. I think suck it. And you I know, think like, that, yeah. I honestly agree with people. I think that was communicated, but like way too subtly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's like faking it, right, and yeah. then she uses the darkness right at the end, and that's a good cut. And I think the thing is, like, I needed, like, it's cut in such a way as it's a surprise in the hall when Arya is, like, the one that lives. And I think that's the issue. They, ha- they had a really good moment in mind, and, they, and they, they adjusted the rest of that arc to fit that moment of, like, Jagan Hagar coming in and Arya being, like, you know, Batmaning in on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, essentially, it's, like, appearing and, like, it's the other girl's face on the wall with all the blood. Like I, they right. they had that. I can tell that they had that moment ingrained in their brain from the very beginning of this series. Wanted it. Wanted her to say, "I am Arya Stark of Winterfell," and to own herself. And it's a whole. That's and, I, and I'm glad they went there because it's it's like that's a completion of a really big issue, where she's like, "Do we kill just for killing's sake?" And do, like, how far down this rabbit hole do I go? No, you find yourself. You find yourself as a person, and you try to appease yourself in terms of doing the right things for yourself and it's like her reclaiming her role and it's a really big moment for her as a character what what still like boggles my mind is that the the whole idea of the faceless men right is that they're kind of like these like these dispassionate killers and you get paid and everything's in service of the faceless god yeah. but you know the combination of waif just like kind of jumping shark and like really taking pleasure out of killing lady crane and going after Arya, and then you know when when Arya gets back, Jockin says that now you're no one, and you know obviously she's not. She's like recovered. She's she's gotten her identity back. So I like I still don't really understand like the whole idea of like what the baseless men are trying to play out here. And <laughs> I feel well, like they could have explained that. I think better that's to me. the thing is like there's something like the showrunners were talking about it, and they're talking about how you know Jake and whatever the fuck his name is. I get it wrong every time. Hagar, Hagar. is just like yeah, Jack and Hagar. Sexy Jesus. Yeah, sexy Jesus. Who the fuck is it? Like we continue, <laughs> we continue making this podcast unusable by like changing everyone's character names, <laughs> so no one knows who the fuck we're talking about. Um, like Bernie Sanders. Um, but the whole point is like Jack and Hagar, like as he's moving through the seasons, like you know, it's like he's like this enigma, and it's weird because like there's a couple of like total enigma characters that are necessary for the Game of Thrones to continue to exist. So, like, we need, like, uh, like Peter Baelish. We need Varys. We need all these characters that you're not exactly sure what the fuck or where they stand. Um, sorry, my girlfriend's handing me a shopping list. Um, running by <laughs> oh, I'll jump in on that at that point. Like... Keep an eye on Pup. Love you. Oh, that's so sweet. I love you, too. <laughs> you're cute. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with Sean. It felt like it was a lot of buildup for the Faceless Men to like some big reveal that didn't happen for me like it was 
I understand what you're talking about, Jack, with Arya having like her ups and downs and like right. rediscovering right. her identity, essentially. But I, I, I do feel like right. it was two seasons in the making. It was a long way to go for for, for no a, payoff, not for that no much. Payoff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing: it's like right. they've they've upped the the philosophical game that's happening for Arya there so much right. that I'm like, yeah. I needed more philosophical payoff on killing. You know, like I needed to. Yeah. Like there was such a great conversation that essentially happened between her and the Hound. And then there was a great mm-hmm. intro conversation between her and Jack and Hagar before the Hound. But and the like, waif was just so over the top, like gleefully malicious. Like, I mean, she was good. She was enjoyable, but just, yeah, she seemed to kind of simplify it. Well, I think that's, no, no, she simplified <laughs> She was it. like, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that she was kind of like the, like a T-1000 from Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, she was like, she was kind of terrifying in the sense that like, you know, you could you could tell that she was, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's like the actress, right? Like her face is. I I just don't know what to do can with I, it. Like every I, time I see her, it's like, should I should I be scared of you? Like, are you just like kind of creepy looking? Let me like say what? Suspiciously <laughs> that like there's one of two things happening here. Either the character was poorly realized to her as an actress, or she's not a wonderful actress because the, like the waif is all over the fucking place, and mm. I think that's I think that's I think that's truly an issue here. You know. Like, I think it's an issue in terms of... Because, like, there's there's clearly this great moral thing that's happening between Arya and the Waif that I just don't buy into at all. Like, I still buy into the... Con- like, Maisie Williams is great, and I still buy into her conversations with Jagan Hagar. Like, I understand that. Like, there's still a great little byplay happening, and it happens at the end. But, like, as the Waif, as an extension of that conversation, it's just, like, I don't understand what they're trying to say because the Waif is just, like, all over the fucking place as a character. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, kind of a question that I have for y'all is, you know, they, they kind of played up, like, where Arya is going next, and there was that little conversation with Lady Crane at the beginning where she talks about going to the edge of, like, the known universe, uh, like, west of Yeah, Westeros. that came out of nowhere for me. Uh, but yeah, th- me as well. Yeah. I was kind of, I'm just like, I, then, again, I'm so ready for Arya just to get back to Westeros and go kill some people in court, assassin style, that, like, the more they hold this off, the more I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, sorry, Sean. Are you going somewhere else with that? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. So that, that, was the, that was the question I had is, you know, because at the end she acknowledges that she's Arya Stark of Winterfell. So the question is, like, where is she going mm-hmm. now? Like, is she going back to Winterfell? Is she, going, is she going on, like, some crazy adventure? Like, where is she going? <laughs> she, like, teleports. <laughs> she's got, like, super teleporting powers like Peter Baelish now. And she just, like, teleports to Bastard Bowl and kills Ramsay. Well, yes. We'll get there. But, like, uh, the teleport has gotten so bad that in the Marine section, I swear I thought that that yeah. was the Greyjoys. Because I was yeah, like, of course they get there already. I did, too. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> It's, they was like, I was like, crazy. I was like looking at the sails, and I was like, "Oh, is that the octopus? It's not the octopus. Yeah. I'm sure it's the Greyjoys, though. They're the only people on this whole fucking show with a fleet." So, so she'll probably like teleport all the way to the freaking tree and like find become the next Three Eyed Sparrow or something. Like she can, like do whatever. This show has no yeah. sense of space anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the teleport's like ridiculous for everybody except for Danny, who took like four episodes to get from like Vice to. And she had a dragon. She can go faster. <laughs> 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 we'll get there but i i, I do oh. wonder too and I, it's tough to say because it's the weird thing about it it's like and then i think that's why a lot of people feel this is frustrating it's like what did she learn that she didn't learn already from the hound in a right. sense you know yeah and i do think there was some self-actualization i just don't think it was presented very well and that's why it's also like where is she gonna go what is she gonna do right now i don't know anymore and i hope it's something interesting and she is a jacket style character but it didn't seem like she was stealing faces or anything it just seemed like she was just getting home as Arya. well so. i think mm-hmm. they made a good point of like at the end of the season having her take the wave space to illustrate the fact that she can take faces mm-hmm. and use them so like Arya <laughs> has used faces and has taken faces so i think that suggests like i'm not sure how much of the ability she's able to use or what the rules of it because not to be offensive to the show but it's really gone between the face stealing being magical and also just them like shaving people's faces off and wearing them. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like it's a weird combination right. because like the first time I'm like, oh, he's actually taking that guy's face off. Are we like being literal about this Jack, now? Yeah. No, but like I'm serious. <laughs> like 
Like, like up it's to, like some Majora's Mask shit yeah. going on here. Yeah. Like, seriously, you're like capturing this individual's essence. Like, I got that. It's just like I just don't understand why like you can't magic that shit up and like you actually have to carve somebody's face off. Like, this is Texas Chainsaw shit, guys. And we're just like we're just like totally we're totally accepting that our hero is shaving people's faces off and wearing them. Like, and you're like I'm just saying, like that fucking shit is happening and like no one is talking about it. Like, yeah, it's more just symbolic and it's like. Uh, like, it's like not symbolic. She sliced her face off. That happened. <laughs> There's nothing symbolic about it. Like, her, her face is plastered on a wall at the end, and she's like, "Got That is some. Like, that is some Hannibal TV show shit. I'm not gonna lie. Like, seriously, <laughs> Hannibal like, TV show but, stuff. Like, there's like a massive level of fucked upness that we just like ignore in the Arya storyline because, like, at this point, we're just like like having giant boners for Maisie Williams killing people. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> Thank God you finished that sentence. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. That like, was a poor choice of words all around, but still. Like, like there, I, 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 I am saying there's like a level of like television violence that like Game of Thrones is like funny to me. Like that, like I watched that, and Katie hasn't watched like a season or two so far, and she just kind of she's like, is she cutting somebody's fucking face off? Like, where the fuck is this show gone? And I'm like, oh, I guess that's kind of intense. And then I thought about it. I was like, that's actually really fucking intense. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> that we all just didn't yeah. notice when she started going full Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know. Here, whatever. <laughs> well, speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think that's a good segue into what happened with the ham. That was a well done one, Sean. I know I continuously yeah. ruin all of your transitions, but like, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> and with Feast for Bros, we, we have to we have to mention the fact that we're doing a segue. So, segue. Ben, take us away with what's going on with the ham. <laughs> Well, we got to see the hound do what is my favorite movie trope thing, which is uh, coming in out of focus in the background, and you know some shit's about to go down. <laughs> he's got his axe, and he straight up starts murdering some fools. Murders four people really wonderfully, has some wonderful quips. I enjoyed uh, You're Really Bad at Dying. That's a really good one. <laughs> You're shit at dying. <laughs> and then uh, he, he meets up with the brother, Brotherhood Without Banners again. We get to see... Lovely old Barrack with his uh, one eye, and he's like, hey, we know these guys are assholes too. We want to hang them as well. So he'll have a nice little negotiation scene. He hangs some fools, and uh, Barrack, unfortunately without Lady Stoneheart, which we're going to talk about, uh, tells him, hey, you're a good fighter. You got nowhere else to go. Join us. Do some shit. You know, kill some people the right way. And uh, that's about it for Sander Clegane. And which, sadly, just doesn't feel like Clegane Bull's happening anymore. It's got a lot of hype, got let out of the sails last night. Because mm. it's just hard to see where he's going. Like, we thought he'd be the Septum, and that Septum's dead, and now he's with the Brother of the Banished, which I do like, but it's just like, I just don't know what they're planning for him at all. Because I thought when they brought him back, oh, there you go, click game bowl 100%, why else would you bring the Hound back? But now I just don't know, like, do they like that actor, do they like the... Just want to they have a better plan for him? I don't think we'll learn anything it, now, but it's it, all just kind of set up. It was tough because they really like hyped it last episode between the fact that he encountered, you know, he was at a seven-pointed star, you know, kind Church. of encampment, yeah. and he was like really interacting with the Septum there, and and you know, he talked about his anger towards his brother, and that was the only thing keeping him going was his anger towards uh, towards the mountain. And now it's just like they just dashed it all <laughs> in an episode. It was like, yeah, him like peeing in the river was like him peeing on the fans. It's like, oh well, no, it's gone. Well, apparently they're peeing in the river too because Lady Stoneheart famously comes out of the river, so it almost felt like, uh, yeah, you want Lady Stoneheart? No, yeah, I, no. Listen, your river. Let's talk about the cinema. I gotta, I gotta at least break down for two seconds the cinematography of the use of that because they. They're either, and I'm not. I'm not suggesting it proves one way or another what's going to happen. It could just be a fuck you to the fans. But like the way they shoot that, it's very clear that they're referencing the river. They do it in such a weird that like 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 they take a shot and like from a like from a cinematography perspective, the river is in focus and everyone on the bank is out of focus. It's totally out of place. The setup is totally out of place. They're making you look at the river. They're directing your vision to the river. And um, I think it's a hint that Lady Stoneheart's actually going to be a very late in the game thing. 
I think you just want to win your bet. Holding on to some hope. I know, I am. I don't want to eat a pepper. I don't eat two peppers. God damn it. Why did I do that? What were the bets? I, I know, and I think Sean seems... We'll get to King's Landing, but Sean seems way more likely now than... I know, I know. The, um, the other thing I'll... Well, there was a lot of talk of Catelyn Stark, though. That's uh, the just thing. Like randomly her throughout name this is episode. dropped a lot. That's what makes me it's wonder. Like well, no, that's this show's never going to remind us who she they're, was. They're cock te- like, I'm sorry. This was like King of the Cock Tease episodes for me. Like, not to be offensive. Like, everything was in shadow, and then they throw us little bits like this, and I'm like, y'all are just, y'all know what we want. Are y'all, kn-? like, there's, it's hard for me to, like, accept that it's, Game of Thrones has literally become its own thing, and that the showrunners are so aware of the fan community and what the fan community is predicting. There's nothing else like this where, I mean, maybe Harry Potter where you're, like, predicting the things, but Harry Potter played it so much closer to the books, and this is, like, the first kind of thing that's going off in its own direction. Like, we like really don't time. know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. real time, and it's really weird. Well, that's what makes this season so interesting is that they get to just say, fuck it, at this point. Like, right. And eventually the books will come out, and people will debate if the books are better or not, but, like, as of right now, they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Right, and like, I think that... As long as they keep I, the main things going. Which is the point is, like, I think, like, like they, like, there's so many universal things in here that are really just fuck you to the fans at this time. And it's interesting to see, like, a show saying, like, you know, because we're going to know what happens at the end. And it's going to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't think Game of Thrones is going to have a ton of rewatch value, not to be offensive. Like, it'll have some rewatch value. But, like, after we know what happens, like, a lot of the universe is, like, like, maybe they'll leave some things in shadow or something along those lines in shadow. But, like after we know all the like the clues and what the fuck was actually happening and all that stuff like like little facts like now that i know after the first book that like in honesty like like they had nothing to do with like the people trying to kill bran in his bed like it was it was all like just random joffrey bullshit like you know that's a weird factor like the fact that the lannisters didn't even poison john aaron like these are little facts and you're just like oh man knowing what happened really like is so surprising but at the same time it's just like you know, it takes a lot of like the like because the book directs you in a different direction and the show directs you in a different direction to hate the Lannisters. Like it kind of takes away a lot of what's happening in season one. You know. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really. One, one question I wanted to kind of put to y'all real quick, just about the whole scene with the Hound, is some of the speculation is that uh, Brienne and uh, Patrick Payne are going to run into the Brotherhood without banners, and then there might be like a reenaction or a reenactment of like the scene where. Uh, like they almost hang Brienne. Uh, does anyone think that that's plausible, or where do, where do we see that storyline going? I say no. No, I think Brienne's too focused on getting back to Sansa. I think her she's going to show she's up gonna... probably after the battle, but I think she's going to Sansa. I feel again. like the hanging was also a reference to that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like no, I, I feel like a hanging too. is like a it, 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 it like that whole thing had such a wink and whatever like kind of feel like. I feel like they were definitely um, referencing it, and also left referencing Lady Stoneheart and all the stuff. But they may not follow through on it, or I just don't understand Did- uh, introducing Lady Stoneheart at this late date. Like, what is she gonna do? Like, like are they gonna introduce her and then immediately go back to whatever the fuck's gonna happen? Well, that's always been the issue with Lady Stoneheart is they never really explain what the fuck knew. her point is. Right, she's awesome in the book, and you're so excited when you first see her, but then you realize, like, oh, she just kind of hangs in phrase, and, and that's about it. You know, she's, she hasn't really <laughs> done a whole lot in terms of plot. She's a cool character. And again, the Brother of the Banners has always been, like, a really cool idea and a really cool person, but because they're so small, and they are so, again, allegiance-less, it's hard to know what their ultimate goal is going to be. Yeah. I could All see right. Lady Stoneheart being like the cliffhanger at the end of the season. Like, you know, they finish that, the battle yeah. or whatever and you think it's over and then they're like, oh wait, let's throw in this Lady Stoneheart scene finally and then you have to wait until next season to see where we go with it. Mm. Right, I thought that's how they are going to end season four. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> Alright, well let's go ahead and move on to King's Landing and Sarah, if you just want to take us away on what happened there. Okay, well, this was a pretty straightforward scene, I guess. Uh, Tommen sent his little, um, what are they called? The, faith militant. The faith militant minions uh, to try to get his mom to go to the sept. And she's like, hell no, I'm not going to the sept. I don't like it. And um, the mountain went a little crazy, 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty brutal scene. Yeah, yeah. He got stabbed first, but he uh, he reacted perhaps a bit over the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's good. Um, and then I'll be honest, I watched this episode a little while ago, and I know Tommen made a big announcement in the throne room, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Oh, he canceled Clegane. Oh, he, he That's what he did. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He said no trial by combat. Dick. Or... Fucking dick. You dick. Killing my hype. I, I mean, I know Toman is an idiot, like a little bit here. And I don't mean that. Like, I understand. Like, I really do get him not liking Sansa. No, he's a well-written idiot, but he is an idiot. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think that's, sense. like, I totally accept him. Like, like not to be offensive, but, like, all the Lannister, the Lannister two children, like, I believed. Even, like, even sort of, like, uh, they really pulled out all the stops on uh, what's-her-face that died worthlessly. Marcella. In the, in the, Marcella in the plot, in, like, the Dorn plot line. That was so terrible. Oh, boy. But, like, oh, God, but, like, yeah. but, like they really are all well-written as idiots. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're all different veins of idiot, but it's just kind of interesting how they put well, it so- together. It's so interesting that, you know, this season we've seen people be like, I kind of miss Joffrey, because Joffrey would have handled this real quick. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He really would have not handled the Sept at all. He would have killed that guy immediately. Right, like, like Joffrey, like, this this situation is not possible with Joffrey. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, right. Like, like, this is a different Game of Thrones, and it's fucking Cersei over in different ways. Oh, or without Tywin. Like, you got no Joffrey, you got no Tywin. Oh, yeah. This is what happens. Yeah, Joffrey yeah. would have... Like, I, I think that may be why, like, it feels so anticlimactic, is because, like, like the heroes that we've... Not the heroes, but, like, the, the power mongers we've had on this show before would have cleaned this situation up in the right second, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't uh, count Cersei out of the game, though. Because uh, when when shit gets uh, uh, no, <laughs> when shit gets no one has counted her out of the game. Like I'm sure, like Cersei is going to have one up. Like even if it's destructive to herself, which is probably exactly what the fuck's going to happen. Like Cersei will have at least a last laugh, if you will. So we pretty much all so agreed on Dragonfire at this point. Or sorry, no, 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 yeah. Let me let me go ahead and uh, let, let let Sean introduce it since it was his idea, Trevor. Idea stealer, Trevor. <laughs> I know you did that. You asked him like right before the cast started. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so, so the idea of what's going on so. here is obviously there's the scene between Cersei and uh, and Quyburn and. Basically, she has him investigate something, but they don't make it clear as to what it is. And the idea that's kind of been posited is that it's referring to all the wildfire under Baylor's Sept and kind of, like, explaining why that's there. Um, the idea is that, like, during Robert's Rebellion, Eris, at the very end of it, he was kind of freaking out and was figuring that, like, Robert might actually win this thing. So what he had happen was he put all this wildfire underneath Baylor's Sept in, in case Robert won... He could just like light the city on fire and, and like wipe all? out the entire yeah. right, yeah, burn them all. That's the idea. So the idea here is that uh, it's confirmed, or Cersei has had Quyburn confirm that there's all this wildfire there, and that you know shit. Worst comes to worst, she's gonna kind of pull the trigger on that and just level the city. Yeah, so. and that would lead to Jack's favorite, uh, uh, <laughs> what you call it, uh, prophecy, Jack. Yeah. What, what, what were we talking about? The uh, that uh, Cersei would probably destroy oh, Tommen oh, yeah. and no, everyone else. I mean, this is the thing. Jaime like, would come home to a wreck, burning thing, and murder Cersei. Right. In a fit of rage. I think. I think this is the whole point. Is that like, at some point, like I pretty much accepted. There's no reason for us to have. I've said it before. There's no reason for us to have the information that Jamie is the little brother, and the Valonqar, which is the little brother of Jane, of Cersei, will kill her. So there's no reason for us to have this prophecy and all this information and not have Jamie kill her in the end. So not it's going to be an unhappy it's going to be an unhappy <clears throat> ending for the Lannisters. Like I think that they've built up to that, but like the issue is like they're going to build it up to being a tragedy in its own self, I think. Mm-hmm. And their family built on uh, a- uh, family side, you know, patricide. Yeah. You know, right, right. Fratricide. It's a very Shakespearean yeah. family, you know. Which is the issue that you're talking more. about. Ahead, I'm hopping more and more on on this uh, on this idea of yours, Jack. Especially after this this last right. episode where Jamie made such a point of telling Edmure's like, "I love Cersei. I love Cersei." Mm-hmm. This right. and that. It's like this this we we know Jamie. We we get it. Like why why do you need to keep telling us unless it's going to come up pretty soon? Well, what what point, what point can you 
exactly what point can you lose love for her like when she like Cersei I think that might be the thing is like they're playing her as strong and looking strong but maybe like Lena Headey has like an amazing acting moment and just cracks and kills everyone like that mm-hmm. would be so cool like giving Lena mm-hmm. Headey that like end of season moment and like Jamie just strangles her at the beginning of next season like holy crap I I could see it because look at looking at Cersei's character arc this season She's just gotten more and more isolated as the season's gone on, right? Like, you know, she's, she's lost. Not winning. You know, yeah. Right. Like, and right. she has you know, to turn lost. it around she's somehow. So how do you turn it around without killing half the fucking cast? Right. And I think there was a great moment this episode when you know it was clear that she had lost her, her uncle and she had, and now she's lost her son. And really, like her only ally now is is Quiburn and then Zombie Mountain. So I feel like. Something's gonna provoke her to just like go over the top. I don't get Kayvon's adjustment in this series. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't get that decision. Um, I'm ready for Varys to kill him. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. like I'm kind of ready for him to be out. Like, cause it doesn't make sense to me that he would turn so fast on um, Tywin's children. Like, I understand him being exasperated as shit at Cersei. Like, sure, y- you who wouldn't be? But like, I feel like his like degradation his like his like he's like let's convince the king to get rid of trial by combat and fuck cersei over completely and put her in jail and like i feel like he wasn't he's never been at her defense enough for my tastes and i realize that's a Mm -hmm. decision to make this season and like make like make other characters character arcs possible but at the same time i'm just like done like you're just a side character making bullshit happen so let's time let's just kill you off (laughs) <laughs> I feel that too. I feel like they don't care about him as a character. I feel like he's just a, right. another. Thorn. I forgot he's about him until I saw him on screen. He's he is a device right. to isolate Cersei. Yeah. Well, he's saying I thought they had, Cersei doesn't I mean, have command of the Lannister army. There has to be somebody like taking it away from her. It's just him. So, right. As we know, obviously, like in the books, at the very end of A Dance for Dragons, Kevin gets killed by. Uh, Varys. Uh, basically, the reason is that uh, he's too good of a ruler, and he was like kind of turning King's Landing around. And Varys's whole idea is like having a Targaryen re- restoration. So Kevin was an impediment to that. So he had like his little birds <laughs> kill him. Well, my funny... Oh, orphan murder? Are you kidding me? I want to see that shit. <laughs> well, my favorite yes. thing is like Varys <laughs> is on a secret mission now. So like, I really want like Kevin. So to who the hell, hell knows where? Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Like, I feel Varys is gonna have some like little finger level teleporting powers. Like Varys <laughs> is gonna go to like King's Landing and back to Essos before the Greyjoy fleet can get there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Like, the Greyjoys are just like, we're going to get there as quickly as possible. Our fastest ship. And like, I bet Lee, you like little figure and various do like six laps on them before they get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to reveal that little finger is a bunch of like little tunnels everywhere. It just like pops out of one. It's like, he, like Hogan's hero like, style. Like, Here's little finger. Like I honestly like. I can just I see his like, head popping out of the ground. If I had really good train <laughs> systems or like an underground railway, and I was in charge of it, I'd be like little finger transit pop up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, since we we talked about Varys a little bit, let's go ahead and head to Marine uh, and flesh that out a little bit more. So, Trevor, you want to talk to us about what happened? Yeah, there? Um, our first scene there was uh, just the tragic breakup of the the dream team. Varys is leaving <sighs> oh. Tyrion just so soon after they're uh, they're being reunited. Uh, for a secret mission to... It kind of sounded to me like they, they mentioned them needing ships, so I thought he was maybe going to the Iron Islands without knowing what's going on there, but I, I'm not too uh, certain about that. In any case, um, then Tyrion gets uh, Melisande and Grey Worm. Uh, and <laughs> Missande. Uh, Missande. Sorry, I said, uh, yeah, no. Um, tries to get them to uh, drink with him out of sheer boredom, since everything seems to be going well enough uh, politically at the moment. Uh, none too soon, the uh, the uh, fleet of the uh, the slavers come knocking on the door with uh, fireballs and uh, siege weapons, which I don't think it was just you and me, Ben, or, or Jack. I think a lot of people immediately saw all those ships and thought, oh, it's the Greyjoys. Uh, they're already there. 
But like, why are they great choices? <laughs> fireballs. Like, what happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's not how you welcome somebody. Jeez. Right. Like, I thought, like, you're on, like, you have to have better game than that. You lead with the cock and come with the fireballs after. <laughs> God. Well, yeah, the first shot, we didn't see the fireballs. At least I didn't see any. I just saw, like, the yeah, uh, no, sale no, no. with I mean, the. Well, yeah, like they said the they were the masters. Then, but, yeah. they, they do that on yeah. purpose. Like, they, they, yeah. they come in from the side, not revealing the sales and not showing the fireballs to make a question. It's like, wait, what the fuck fleet is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, they have you do that. <laughs> like, they, 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 Game of Thrones is making you. I feel like the biggest thing that's like going to be my theory about like this thing is like there's nothing like Game of Thrones because nothing else has like this weird fan base of people that have read books and not read books. And like, they're, they're fucking with us so hard because of it. And yeah. I think that's like, it's, it's another moment of that happening. Like them just like fading to black on all the action scenes and cutting out and cock teasing. No one, like no one's business this episode. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, man, like I cannot be more erect. Like you need to like, I gotta have some release here guys. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I love, uh, it was it was a total. We got to save a little bit of CGI money where she showed up, where Danny showed up, just because like you just hear a dragon and then she just walks in like a soap opera. Like I'm here. In fairness to you, Ben, you do see him fly off in the background. But like, that's true. You get a little little sprite probably, dragon, but he's probably like a cheaper. The the CGI budget to make that little shitty yes. sprite dragon. <laughs> like, it's exactly. like a gull. It's like a CGI gull in the background. They probably copy pasted another scene. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Recolored it. Yeah, like, it's from season three when he was on top of the tower and he flies away. It's like the exact same image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he side by side. Uh, can we just yeah, talk she, about how like freaking awesome Tyrion was this scene though? Because like, <laughs> oh, I loved the little bromance scene where he was like so sad to see Varys go, and then Aww. like the drinking game scene where he's like, all right, like you fuckers, like I'm well, sorry. someone get wasted. Is someone has pointed out that uh, drink with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, someone yeah. pointed out that the uh, the honeycomb and jackass joke he tried to do. I know with Lady Erin <laughs> way back it when. Always gets cut and off. He still can't tell. No one knows what he does with a honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I need to know what his what sex powers are. <laughs> Those will be his dying words, you know. <laughs> That's how he's gonna die. He's gonna tell that joke and get stabbed from behind and be like, come on! And he's like, he's gonna like, reach up to Pod and be like, Pod, you need to know about this. <laughs> and then Pod wins the Game uh, of Thrones with an army of horrors that, that rallied to his magic cock. I was about to say, no, Pod, Pod is good. Pod, Pod is good. <laughs> so, so Danny's gonna take out the Master Fleet like nobody's business, right? Like, she's got a dragon. You just She's got three dragons. You just yeah, sweep that like, shit and and then you're done, right? They really they haven't hinted at how much control she has over the dragons. Like Drogon's flying off in the distance. She, wrote not, him home, sorry, she but... showed so much control over him last season, like like I mean last episode. Like all she needs to do is like she shouldn't even like jumped off. She just should have just like flown Drogo over the fleet and been like breathe fire. You're fucked. Like, yeah. you're so fucked. Like, right, and that's way about. more of like a interesting again with the anticlimactic thing, that's way more interesting visually to just be like shit and then just like bam and like oh well, no, Guess this, who's back? This like, is my thing. Like, I like I needed that CGI scene. Like, what the fuck? How is this gonna end? Like, are they gonna go CGI mad with it, or what the fuck's gonna happen? Because not to be offensive, but that fleek was pretty like CGI janky. Like, not to be offensive. Mm. Right. Like, it was, <laughs> no, it was, was, was a quick shot. This was some janky fireballs. Like, I was looking at it and I was like, <laughs> "Did you guys do this shit in After Effects? Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> some, some plug-in fireballs. No, and like it looked like all that. The, all the... Like, I mean, I, I'm just saying they 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 may have pushed the budget a little far this season. I feel like. And, yeah. And Maybe they made it. Well, we'll save it up for the last two episodes. Right. It seems like, like, well, the, the whole budget for this episode went to the uh, all the freaking River Run extras. They were like hundreds of dudes out there. Like, Man, that was a lot of extras for not a lot of payoff. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah we will get they there. They committed to that bullshit. <laughs> I wonder if they, like, <laughs> they, like, they, like, like, they had them change armor sets and go do Bastard Bowl the next day. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> like, like, it's all the, it's all the same. It's like all of Game of Thrones is the same two armies just, like, changing out. <laughs> Put a few more schmutz on them like, for the phrase. They, have, they yeah. have, like, one, like, when the Dornish army shows, it's like, all right, everyone, we're going to go sun tanning. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're more brown so, uh, now. Before, <laughs> before we head to River Run, there is uh, <laughs> <laughs> <that's> God. <laughs> 
there was one kind of thing I wanted to. I had to. I had to mention this because I, I. I was convinced that Slaver's Bay wasn't going to happen because yeah. they just. It was taking Danny so long to get back, and it looked like everything was going well. And in uh, Marine, like Tyrion was doing fine, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh shit! Like, I guess we're going to have two battles this next scene. So I. I didn't call that at all. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be kind of curious to see where they take that. Like, I don't, do we do we think like the next episode is going to be just like two fight scenes? Like, you've got yes. Snowball. Uh, and... I, I think per tradition, it's going to only be one, and we're going to wait for Slaver's Bay till episode ten. I agree. Uh, yeah. Episode ten is long. Some I don't. But, I can only imagine yeah. Slaver's Bay being like very abbreviated. Like, I feel like I feel like Danny is going to fly out on the dragon. Yeah. The Dothraki are going to show up, and the slavers are just going to be fucked. Like, yeah. like I have no doubt that the slavers are are like effing fucked. Like they're like not like a. Like, There's no way they win. It's, it's a hard effing fucked. Like they. It makes yeah. a lot of sense for her to, for this to be the first military application she has of her dragons, so that mm-hmm. she then has like, that in there her are pocket, fucking so she can find wooden ships. <laughs> like yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You should have not this. Not a good start. <laughs> Plus, we've, she's got, like, the whole Dothraki army behind her, so she's, like, pretty OP right yeah, well, now. Like, are they there yeah, yet, or are they yeah. trailing behind? I mean, she flew she's on, like, on She's, the dra- like, at that point dragon, in a StarCraft right? game where you've, like, out-resourced your enemies, and you're just, like, you know you got them, and you're just waiting to, like, deliver the final blow, and you're, like, amassing your forces. Sorry, this is, this is again, the nerdiest <laughs> podcast on the internet. <laughs> or is it, like, Civilization, where you've upped one thing oh, way too high? Oh, please don't make it like... worse, Ben. <laughs> you've got a submarine, and they're coming in with a bunch of... Of, uh, <laughs> maritime. Ooh. All right. Just for the sake of argument, since uh, since they don't know that the Greyjoys are coming, do you think that somebody could suggest to Danny be like, "Yes, you've got dragons. You can kill all of these people. Yay! But also, you need ships. So, oh, do you think she's gonna try to capture them. those ships? Yeah, because she doesn't. I mean, I want her to just oh, you know, burn point. the fuck out of them. I think that would be an awesome visual and awesome, you know, yay, Danny finally has control of her dragons or whatever. But I don't know. It just seems like That's somebody... That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, because she has no idea what's going on with that. So I could... That's a, that's a fair point. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on before, to our last before we move on, scene. Before we move on to there. Sure. Do you guys hear that? It's time for the podcast halftime report for the month of June. The sponsors for A Feast for Bros and the Movie Gang podcast are... The Movie Gang podcast is sponsored by What Katie Read. Head on over to YouTube.com and check out the latest BookTube channel hosted by Catherine Boyd. Are you an advertiser looking to get your product noticed by a devoted audience? Contact Jack Newman at NewmanVisualProductions.com for advertising space on the Movie Gang podcast. While you're over there, check out the range of photography and video services provided by Newman Visual Productions. That's NewmanVisualProductions.com. You should check those guys out. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to River Run, which is the last major scene of uh, the podcast i think where they put all their budget this pod <laughs> this this uh this episode yeah. there were like a ridiculous amount of extras and they had the whole like siege campsite set up it was really cool but anyway there, there wasn't didn't, not, 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 not a whole lot happened there um basically uh brienne arrives uh goes to have this uh kind of heart to heart with jamie which was really interesting tries to give back uh oath keeper which is the valyrian steel sword that uh that uh, I guess was actually made out of Rob's old sword. Ned's old sword. R.I.P. Anyway, Jamie uh, doesn't take it back and uh, actually lets her kind of parlay with the Blackfish. And the idea is that uh, what Brienne's going to try to do is she was going to try to get all the Thule forces to leave the castle and march north uh, to go reinforce Sansa and uh, Jon's forces at uh, Winterfell. But, of course, when she ends up getting in there, um, the Blackfish is very reluctant to do that. He's very loyal to me. As he said, this is, like, the home that I grew up in, and I'm planning to die here. Um, And uh, what ends up happening, of course, is that, uh, you know, Jamie ends up going to kind of talk with Edmure and basically threatens (laughs) to kill, like, every single Tully because all he wants to do is get back to Cersei 
and the faster he can get out of here, the better. So he was completely willing to just, like, massacre all the Thulies and all the Thule forces and kind of stamp their house out, i.e., like, reigns a Castamere shit. Anyway, Edmir gets, like, freaked out by that and uh, gets back into the castle and essentially turns the castle over to the Lannister forces. Uh, and uh, Brienne and uh, Podrick kind of escape off, and, and Jamie kind of lets them go on their own merry way when he could have very easily stopped them. Uh, so kind of a short scene, but uh, probably one of the more important ones of the episode. So I'll just open it up for discussion. I mean, I think I think like it's, it's this is coming back around to I'm sorry to make this a theme of the episode, but like the showrunners fucking with us, they recognize that like Jamie Brienne is like a big goddamn thing to us. And they're but I feel like they're like they've decided that like it's one of those things that like they've decided that like you know they made it a thing accidentally in a past season and they realized they need payoff for it but they decided it's not going to be the ultimate place that these characters go to Brienne's going to have payoff somewhere else and Jamie's going to go kill Cersei like that's the payoff it's going <laughs> to fucking happen and so they paid him off as friends right there. but we needed to see them together right. before right. on opposite sides died. here and I think that's the only place this is going to happen because I don't think. I really don't think Jamie's gonna long survive Cersei. Like he's either gonna kill himself or something really fucking tragic is gonna happen. Like that's that's like that's what that's how this is gonna play out. And and Brienne is gonna serve Sansa. So I think Brienne will continue to be a character. But Jamie at at whatever the point Cersei's trial by combat or I guess not trial by combat at this point ends, <laughs> like he's out of the picture in my mind. Does anyone disagree? I agree, and it's, it's it was kind of funny too because like if you looked at the you know, the showrunners discussing the episode after the fact. They were like, oh, this could be the last time, like, Brienne and Jamie see each other. Yeah, they... they <laughs> you know that it's, yeah, like, they, absolutely they no it is the last time. They made, they made that clear <laughs> that this is the last time these two characters are going to meet, which tells us... I think this. I think they let more go than they really intended to because that tells us King's Landing is going to fucking fuck up. Like, whatever happens in the <laughs> North, we know that something's going to go wrong with King's Landing, and then, like, the, the South is going to be inconsequential... To whatever the fuck happens up north in the White Walkers invading and John being pushed back and all that jazz, like, right? We know that that's gonna come about, I, and then Danny has to sweep in and for like you know for like the you know the drags of like a like a broken crown because like there's that whole um, there's that whole uh, prophecy scene where she's like has like that dream and she comes upon a frozen throne and like the throne is empty like it's a it's a pyrrhic victory for her so i think i think they're gonna play that up but i think like it's clear by what's happening by the predictions that i think that it's clear that king's landing is going up in smoke to some extent i'm not even agreeing with you that it might be cersei that totally does it though it would set up jamie to kill her and i think that's i think that fits a lot of plot lines but you know what? I think George R. R. Martin and the showrunners have surprised me so much this season. Like, and I'm, and I, I stand by the fact that Clegane Bowl is not goddamn happening. I am so happy about that. <laughs> and I was so sure I was wrong last episode. I apologized last episode about it. So I feel like... No, I felt it too, man. It was crazy. Like, I was sure like it was going to happen. And then yeah. I was like, why are you reintroducing Clegane if you're not going to have Clegane Bowl? I don't know. I was going to say, Jack, you've done like we a complete know. 180 from last episode where you were like, oh, they're just going to do fan service and make the fans happy. And now you're like, oh, they're fucking with us so much. <laughs> like, you cannot deny that they did fuck with us with Clegane Bowl. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, why well, bring like, Sandor back and talk about... Like, that happened. And they kept saying trial by combat like every episode. Like, it was intense. Mm. <laughs> they were, no, yeah, they, they were setting they us up. They had a mission and, and a group... Yeah. They had a mission, and they and they are like I I'm sorry like it's it, like that's why I keep reiterating this episode like they're fucking with us hard <laughs> like they need to like rub on some lotion or something because this shit's getting intense. <laughs> sorry. One thing I, I want to talk about is my uh, sex metaphors are no. getting more pained. I know. <laughs> you can't see the expression. Go for it, right now, I, I I really enjoyed the uh, conversation with Edmure and uh, and Jamie. It was very interesting to see two sides of a war talk to each other and then kind of see Jamie. It's debatable whether he broke character or played the character of the Kingslayer, which is very interesting to basically say to Edmure, I will destroy the entire Tully line. It ends with you, basically. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't give a shit about anything. I just want to, you know... And again, I agree. Like, it's, it's kind of overemphasizing his love for Cersei, but it was interesting to see kind of that season one Jamie back with that haircut and that... Uh, it, the the armor and him whether he is falling back to his old Lannister ways and has learned nothing from his time with Brienne and and having his hand cut off or 
if he really is just playing the role, because he did win. He got the castle, no one died other than the Blackfish, which I thought was interesting, even if a bit anticlimactic. And, and happened again uh, off-screen. Mm-hmm. Happened again off-screen. I will say I like that because I think it was more about Jamie than the Blackfish. That's yeah. why I, I do know get why people dislike that, and I think they kind of set it up wrong was the problem. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he should have just had a simpler thing of, like, I have to stay here or something, and then he says... But he, he did set it up like, I'm going to go murder a bunch of people, bye! And then, yeah. like, he's like... He murdered a bunch of people and he died. Like, oh, wait, what? Um, I think they could have done it maybe a little more elegantly, but the entire point was Jamie was shown the Blackfish is the true knight. He's the true heroic person who truly believed in what he wanted above everybody else and died for that. And he knew he would die, and he knew there's no way he could kill the fucking Lannisters. You know, like, he knew he was walking to his death, but he couldn't not. And I think that was really nice and emotional for Jamie to kind of be shown that, yes, you won the day, but who are you really for doing that? Yeah. It. yeah, it's it's a very interesting kind of uh, contrast that they did between the Blackfish and Edmure. And I think, like, Edmure kind of gets, uh, he's kind of getting a lot of crap from the internets. But, <laughs> I gave him know, some crap, look, and I, I now will retract that crap I gave him last night. I think, you know, if you look at it, like, every time a house decides that they're going to, like, go total war on the Lannisters, the Lannisters are fine playing that game, and they just, like, completely decimate them, be it, like, the Reigns of Castamere the Starks, um, and then if you make a, if you want to make a deal with the Lannisters, they're, you know, the houses that have done that have ended up in a better position. Like, the Tyrells initially supported Renly, but then they decided to kind of change their alliance to the Lannisters, and they've benefited from that. And the same thing is true with the Boltons. So I think, like, Edmure kind of saw that, and he's like, hey, I don't want to have my whole house wiped out, so I'm willing to make a deal here. While the Blackfish was kind of on the other end of that coin, where it's like, no, my honor is more important, and this is my house, and I'm not going to, you know, seed it without, you know, dying, right? Like, it's that important to me. So it was kind of a very interesting kind of look at two different perspectives. And I don't, I don't know if, like, the, the whole, like, dying for everything is, like, kind of the older generation. Because it seemed like the Blackfish was kind of, like, the last remnant of that older generation. Like, Tywin Lannister's generation is the point I'm making. But it was it was a really interesting kind of contrast between those two points I'd of view. I'd put him in with that Hoster Tully, like, Rickon Stark, like, uh, John Aaron, like, all that clout. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Southern the southern an- Ambition group that was obviously making alliances to oppose the crown before the series even starts. And I think that's, I think that's well... That, that... Right, they were the victors, too. Yeah, they're the victors of an impossible-seeming thing of, of taking over this... Right. 300 year old dynasty you know they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder and uh, arrogance to them for sure and and, and honor to them too i think yeah right all right so uh let's go ahead and try to wind this down and i think we'll end as we always do with predictions for what's going to happen uh we'll make it the next two episodes because i think everybody knows what's going to happen the next episode but i could be wrong about that i want to take so let's uh yeah go ahead jack i'm gonna steal this does anyone want to go? Like, I've kind of championed the theory about Valonqar and, like, Cersei and Jamie killing her. Does anyone want to take a bet? And actually, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually, it's a, it's a long range bet because I have no doubt that Cersei's not going to die this season. But I'll take the bet that Cersei somehow causes a great accident that unintentionally hurts her own interests, which in this case I think is Toman. By the end of the season, I think that's. Pro- I agree with that. I, I don't think anyone's going to necessarily disagree with me, but does anyone want to take the opposite viewpoint? No, I'm not going to bet against you on that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. I figure. Yeah, I figure no one would go <laughs> against me. That seems. That seems like a really vague and good answer, as opposed to like click game bowl. <laughs> I was. I was so right two episodes ago. <laughs> I know we should have done a click game bowl. More confident last episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, do you have any predictions for what's uh, going to go on next episode or the one after yeah, that? Yeah, next episode seems to be our, uh, as I've said before, episode nine is always the big episode, and every odd season, it's gonna be a battle. Uh, someone you love dies horribly, and every uh, even season, it's just one battle for the entire episode. So I think we're seeing from what it looks like, it's just the Battle of the Bastards. That's what it's called. I'm not sure how Very prediction that could be to the future. Like, who are they going to kill off Major League next season? Other than Cersei. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see season seven, episode nine. God. But so far, that's been the tradition. And so I do think that'll be tradition this year. Um, I think beyond that, I'm going to go ahead and say I think someone major has to die uh, besides Ramsey Bolton. I feel like that's kind of... I just don't see him living 
it just he's his story arc's done. You know, there's no reason for him to live at this point, um, other than just to be an asshole. <laughs> um, and so I do think that's gonna happen. But I think maybe a more complicated one is I think definitely the Eerie's gonna do a writer of Rohan show up at the last minute, save the day. <laughs> but I think we're gonna lose a lot of people, and I think one of the big ones will be Torment. I think this might be Aww. the end of Torment. Aww. I'd hate to say it, but I feel like. That's the guy you kill. You know, you gotta have John. I think, oh, and I also think... Fuck that. I know, I know. One thing I will add is that I think Davos is gonna find out about Shireen next episode. And he's gonna wreck some shit with, uh, he's gonna have a a reckoning with the Red Queen. The Red Red Witch. Where is she, by the way? In the wing? What do you mean? Red Witch? (laughs) I don't know if she's with the party or not, I don't know. Okay. She I is. Just, I think they uh, they previewed her a little yeah, bit. Uh, so I think she Right, because he told her in the preview, yeah, if I die, don't bring me back again. I'm, oh, yeah, that's right. Correct. That's right. I did see that. It's nice that we give Jon Snow more reason to be angsty, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it gives it stakes. It's hard to be like... <laughs> and I was brought back from the <laughs> well, it's, dead. Well, it's good to give it stakes to not be like, well, if Jon dies, it's fine. She'll just keep bringing him back, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have a little bit of... Yeah. That's stupid, because like, I'm right. just like, you know, if he gets his head chopped off in battle, like, you know... Obviously, Ramsey's gonna piss down his neck, so he can't come back anyways. Oh, God. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I hate that you're right. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, like, it's not, it's not right. even like, it's not even like, a, it's not even like a question in my mind that like, you could do some like Game of Thrones, like like this this show like has like a little girl shaving people's faces off, like Melisandre bringing him <laughs> back as a flayed dude, like, <laughs> and yeah. then like Jon Snow is just flayed for the rest of the season, like for the rest That's of the show intense. he's just like this like gruesome monster who saves everyone. <laughs> Oh my god! That's probably why he's. That's probably why he told her not to bring me back because <laughs> <laughs> he knows like the shit that uh, Ramsay is gonna do. Right. Right. Uh, let's I, go I ahead with up, I mean, that's uh, bullshit, Sarah, but I love that theory oh. now that I've like said it. Like, I really want that to be like, <laughs> like the outside theory of bullshit that happens. <laughs> well, let, let's go ahead and have Sarah give your uh, prediction for what you think is going to happen. Okay, well, I'm going to throw out what may or may not be a far-fetched idea. Uh, they made a point in the preview of showing us John talking to Melisandre and saying, "If I die, don't bring me back." So uh, my prediction is going to be that John does die with piss down his neck or otherwise, hopefully not. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Melisandre does not bring him back, but the White Walkers do. And then he's some oh, sort of liaison shit. between, you know, the everyone else and the White Walkers. I don't know. It'd be good, it'd be good be if John became the Night King as like the, yeah. like, there's all these references in like the classical thing to a Stark being the Night King and all this other stuff. So it'd be really fascinating if they actually just like bit the bullet and made John the enemy for the, the rest of the fucking show. Mm-hmm. But it would have yeah, to be Yeah, like, do what they should have done on Star like, Trek. At the end of the episode yeah. thing, again, like him being brought back to life the first time. Oh man, it would be like a whole, like, I'd be like a, very literally a song of ice and That's fire. Yeah. Yeah. He's brought back to life by like both ice and fire and like he tra- and like they'll do a Darth Vader and he like betrays the White Walkers at the very end to make them lose or something. Like it could be really bad. Like, he regains his humanity at the back end. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm uh, just saying like they're like people are like one. like where the fuck is this show going? Like we don't know. Like it could go mm. all over the goddamn <laughs> place. Like literally, like he could meet the thing and like he could just lose to the Boltons. Is like he could just he no. could just like, next episode like that the reality I mean I don't think it's gonna happen but like and I'm sure that's gonna go but like he could just come in and just like absolutely fucking lose to the Boltons and no, all the Ramsey has to get, die. Like, not this season it doesn't make any sense because like the next point is like the next thing is that the White Walkers have to come over the wall after the White after Ramsey dies because there's no fear or impotence once that happens. So, like, are they ready to pull the trigger on the White Walker invasion? Which I don't think they are. (laughs) (laughs) I said impetus. I said impetus. I'm just kind of sounded over here like I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Trevor, uh, go go take us away on what your prediction is for next. Oh, I was just saying. I think the sooner uh, Ramsey Bolton dies, the better, because we're all sick of him. I need Sansa to kill him. Yeah, that's the thing, is I'm very yeah. skeptical. Like, they've made him so just gleefully malicious and horrible at this point that 
the idea that his death is going to be that cathartic for us is like just I don't know I don't know if that's going to happen yeah obviously I think the best thing would be for Sansa to kill him but that doesn't look likely to me I don't know that would be cool but um, I, that's the only way really I can see it being cathartic enough <laughs> after all yeah either him or either him or Theon and, kills him. No. yeah Theon just uh, just warps in and just warps out <laughs> no I was <laughs> going to say little finger, but that would I work can't. too I cannot have a like a like I cannot have his. De- He's not even met John. Like, how is their payoff if John kills him? Like, I yeah. want him to. Right, like, it has es- to be Sansa. It has to be Sansa, or he has to escape, or Theon has to do some more teleporting bullshit. Like, he like yeah. teleports the whole. Shit. Or he has to get like, <laughs> he has to get like thrown in with the wolves and get killed by them, or you know something like yeah, something it's really some brutally cathartic. violent. Because like I, I think like the thing is like this show like has consistently proven that bad guys win and get away with shit. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like they've set up the death of both Ramsay and the Lannisters in, like, a very violent, terrible way. And it says, like, nobody wins. And I, I think that's the thing is, like, it's bringing back this, like, new crop of Stark children. And they're badasses, but they're bad people at the same time. And I think that's mm-hmm. you have to become bad people to kill your monsters. And I think that they are setting up the deaths of these terrible fucking people. Mm. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll finish this out with my prediction. So looking at the at the cast list for next time, it is all uh, it it looks like it's all going to be in the north. So it, the you are correct, uh, Ben, in that that's only going to be uh, Snowball is what's going to be filmed next episode. Uh, in terms of my predictions, I agree with Trevor that I think um, uh, Ramsey has to die. Like he's just he's gotten so stale as a character and you can only do like the joker shit for like a you know a number of episodes and i think that's the reason that the showrunners haven't put him back on screen the last few episodes because like after a while you just become numb to like the shit that he does so i think i think he's gotta he's gotta exit this this episode i do think that uh someone on our side or john's side has to die i don't know if it's going to be tormund um i do think it's sorry yeah i I do i was gonna yeah, the giant can't. Not that I'm feeling that far. confident, he's, but he's like he's I could way see too that. <laughs> he's the last of his yeah. kind. Yeah, and he's the last of his kind, and it would be very. It would be tragic. tragic. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. I could. Oh no, I I could see um I could see the confrontation happening between Davos and and uh, Melisandre, uh, over uh, burning Shireen at the stake. Um, I actually could see Davos dying. Um, which would be so kind sad, of but it would make sense. Yeah. So I think. That could be the pairing that we see is uh, we see uh, Ramsey and Davos exit uh, next episode. So that is that is my prediction. Um, but do join us next week. Uh, we will be discussing Battle of the Bastards, which is the penultimate episode, episode nine. And we're looking forward to having you. Take care. Woo!